welcome back to Homo Inlay Training. I'm Jay Daye. Hi, I'm Leslie. We're a variety show. Changes topics every week. You've been done new. And this week we're here for some thought shit. We are. And this is a special episode because it's just us. It's just us. No other bitches. No other hosts. No one's invited this time around. But I will say I've been very happy with our consistent interviews that we've had. I think they've been really good. You know, this year we've done intuitive eating. We did, um, did we do the working out one or was that? That was last year. That was last year. We did intuitive eating. We had a rapid fire. We did Luis talking about happiness, talking about DACA, DACA fighting for the rights. Which apparently now if you have DACA, you can apply for insurance that. Like, because in California, if you're either undocumented or have, like, DACA, you can apply for, like, Medi-Cal yeah. and insurance and stuff. But I don't think that's the same all oh, over. No. no, 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 no. And they said that Biden passed something where now DACA recipients can now receive health care. Well, about time. So, Listen. yeah. I mean, they're doing everything but what they need to be doing. But a small win's a small Isn't win. that always the case? Listen, I, in California, yes, yes, we pay a lot of taxes. A lot. But I'm kind of happy that some of my taxes go to these people out here, to the community mm-hmm. that really needs it. Because also, you know, like last year, um, California uh, Governor Newsom, who didn't get recalled, made it so that anyone 55 and plus, regardless of your immigration status, could get Medi-Cal. Absolutely. Do you know? Do you do you know the power? The power that that has. How much preventative. Healthcare that does how much how much money that's actually going to save California? For you, got, sure. you got your Republicans out here. You got your people out here. Your your far left rights or whatever saying like that's we're spending so much. Money. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. If you really look at the numbers, really the amount of money that hospitals pay and shit is for people that are not insured. Yeah. Because of the contracts and the deals and everything with pharmaceutical companies, insurance mm-hmm. companies, which is all a farce. But anyways, California was an I don't know. I don't know about other states, but I thought that that was innovative. Yeah, I don't think I mean I don't know. I, well, I don't know. Listen, I don't keep up with other states anymore. I barely keep up with Kansas and Missouri. Um I'm a California girl now. Yeah. I pay taxes here. So it's like... <laughs> You've done jury duty here. I'm, You're officially... Like... And so I remember thinking like, that's so... Yeah. That's so great. Like yeah. what a step... What is it? A, a small step for men, a big step for humankind. Immigrants. <laughs> immigrants yeah, yeah. A big step for immigrants. Yeah. So anyways, but... Yeah. I love the state that we live in. Um, But our state does come with a lot of negative stuff. A lot. Which is the job market. Let us not. Actually, yes. Yes. Let's be happy about that. But a lot of negatives. Yeah. And this episode, I think, is coming out of our need to vent about what we've been going through and what some of us are still going through when it comes to the job market. Yeah. I think if... Well, like the whole market, am I right? Girl. And (laughs) unless you're living under a rock... Everybody done new. There's a recession. Yeah. There's a pandemic. And there is inflation. And yeah. all of those things combined create a job market that is not very competitive. As much as they like to act mm-hmm. like they give competitive pay, which is just a dollar above minimum wage. Yeah. But. Which isn't livable wage. Because minimum wage and livable wage are two different things. Let's, let's not Don't go there. Don't ever get it twisted. And this episode is just going to be about our 
honestly, do our PTSD that we've had with a lot of these jobs. We want to talk about the trauma that we've gone through with looking for these jobs. What does it look like for us? Because we weren't always in this position. We were 18 year olds working our ass off, not worrying about nothing. And how does that change now that we're almost in our, well, some of us are almost in our thirties, but um, I really want to know what the, I'll stay safe out there. But yeah, things change the older you get, right? The priorities yeah. change and you're not young and, and uh, feral anymore, you know? <laughs> and we also want to talk about the ghosting that happens with these jobs, but trying so hard for us to keep a positive mental attitude, right? Because we have been through so much. You've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. I saw the light, then the tunnel fucking collapsed on itself. So now I'm back in the dark, but I'm using this episode to find hope in the job search again. That's mm-hmm. how I'm taking it. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding on everything that Jay said. I think that, you know, this is being talked about a lot. And I think it's the reason not only that it's being talked about more now, because it's always been a thing. Unemployment has always been a thing, but I think it has been exacerbated exasperated because of, as you mentioned, the pandemic. This like borderline somewhat one foot in, one foot out of a recession. You know, you talk to certain economics, they say we're not. You talk to other people, they say we are. Um, and then you have um, all these layoffs that have been happening, mm-hmm. which layoffs, has, layoffs have always happened. I remember being young and hearing my parents talk about layoffs happening at like certain like jobs or companies of where we lived. Yeah. So they've always happened. I just think that now there's kind of like a, a magnifying glass on all these things happening at the same time. So it doesn't take away that things haven't been happening with the unemployment, the layoffs and stuff. They always happen. But when you have all of these in a pot, it makes it feel extra like ick, you know, like. Uh, like you hear about these huge companies, Google, um, yeah. the IT, Facebook. Facebook, which for a long time, it's like tech was like super secure, right? Dude, we were talking about we were talking into tech. into tech and it's like, oh, well, Google literally laid off like, was it a thousand, three thousand? Girl, so many. It was people. in the thousands, I'm pretty Twitter, sure. Twitter, like Twitter, so well, many. You already know. Yeah. And so you have these folks that were really, you know, up there living the dream, doing everything and then just got punched in the gut like literally woke up to an email saying sorry it's horrible (laughs) that's that's and so i think that you know with all the social media you know now taking news and you know skyrocketing in it to make sure sure. that it's like reached to all ears who want to hear and all eyes who want to see we've seen ourselves like how people are addressing like being laid off, like being Google and ex employees being laid off. Um, What the recession is looking like for them, what the pandemic is still looking like for them or people who are living all those three things at the same time. And so I think more than anything, I've seen um, people give tips, people give stories, people share live experiences, people share like what to do, what not to do, the hacks, the tricks, this and that. And it still don't make sense, love. Yeah, it doesn't make it any easier. If anything, it's more overwhelming. It is more overwhelming because then there's kind of like, I feel like the survival instinct of like, damn, I'm not the only one. So it's like a sliver of hope. I'm like, I'm not the only one, but also like, fuck, they're probably applying for the same shit I am. Yeah. Um, Which is why we said, you know, with California comes its downsides because something that I would hear a lot is like the more people, the more jobs. Mm-hmm. Which is like, great. Yeah. Yes, more jobs, more mm-hmm. opportunity, which means more competition. Exactly. Which means 
more difficult to get those applications in, which means all this other thing. Things that people don't don't mm. point out. They just say more opportunity, more growth, but it's also say double the people trying to get into that same spot. Yeah. So that's something that like I didn't think about when I moved to California. That's something I didn't think about when I was looking for jobs anywhere. I never thought like, oh, like in a bigger city would mean more accessibility. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily true. And I think for us, because we have both lived experiences of like the unemployment, being employed. We really want to lay it out and give you guys our POV, another podcast community, another <laughs> POV. Basically summarizing everything we've learned to say, take what works and leave the rest. Yeah, but this will not be like an advice Oh, no, no, no. We are just going to tell you. Do not take. Do not take. No, we're just going to tell you what we've been through and how we're coping with it. Mm -hmm. Because for us, all this advice hasn't helped. Yeah. It hasn't. Like, honestly, if anything, it stressed me out more. Like, cover letters. uh, Now there's ATS fucking uh, app resumes. Now your resumes have to fit some sort of like, what were those tests that we used to take in high school with the circles? And oh. they would put it into the thing. I forgot oh, what those yes, were called. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Well, bitch, now applications are like that. Now they're putting in the machine. Yes, they and are. And the machine is doing it. And if your resume isn't the way that the machine's going to notice it, you're not going to get noticed. Some Next. people uh, have to call call them every other day. Uh, email them every day. Send them a fucking fruit basket. <laughs> bitch, show up at the front door and say, I'm very interested. Like, these are just so many random ass advice. Look up, look up the company. Find the CEO. Look up where they live. Look up his LinkedIn. Look up the, try to connect with him send them a quick message saying hey you did a really good job with that company strategy yeah it's just it, it's just so i don't know it's too much it's, it's too overwhelming much. and i think for us more than anything you know what jay mentioned is like he hopes to find kind of hope from this conversation because you know sometimes talking things out loud and being on the record who knew right (laughs) really gives you that push or really gives you that like hmm I should be doing that or hmm I'm gonna stop doing that and I think when you're able to talk things out loud and then hear them or hear someone talk something out loud it either gives you that sense of belonging in terms of like resonance like okay so I'm not crazy. Yeah. And it's like, yes, they're going through it. Their situation is different, which means my situation is different, but I'm really not the only one. And I'm not not the only frustrated one. Yeah. I'm not the only one that's, you know, depressed or feeling hopeless in X, Y, and Z. And so I think for us, more than anything, it's me, it's really uh, like a processing of everything that's going on, everything that happened. And for Jay, a constant still processing of what is currently happening with the job market. The job market. Yeah, so um, let's, let's get into let's it. So, um, how do you want to start this? So, I'll start, ladies first. All right. Or, I mean, Ooh. Cause he got a haircut, guys. Yeah, and let me tell you, I'm feeling my my feminine fantasy, honey. I'm in my trans era. Let me tell you, it's like I, I'm inspired by Sasha Colby. Listen, so here we go. Listen, Winner of Drag Race listen. season 15. I'm incredible. I will say, I'll start first. What I want to say about job hunting and employment and being unemployed and layoffs and X, Y, and Z and pensions and retirements is that it all fucking sucks. Yeah. Point blank. It all sucks. 
And so that's why when I think going in into either finding a job or being at a job or looking into these adult things that no one ever prepares us for, it's good to be able to reflect on the present and the past. Absolutely. If we don't know our past, we can't know our future. We can't know our future. And for me, I think that that has been really helpful. You know, um, Jay will share, but when you go through a traumatic experience, which, you know... I know trauma is such a buzzword right now, but I want to say one thing. I'm trauma-informed, certified. Ooh. Okay? So you can speak on the So I can speak on it, you know, with the type of work that I've done. And I want to say that, you know, quite literally our body and our response to trauma and everything that we're leaving, living right now in this current century, we are exposed to tons of trauma in every level. Could be like a micro, could be macro. And I would say that fighting for your livelihood, not knowing why you're not being chosen for a job or what have you, produces an amount of trauma that I think is very internal. It's social. Um, it really affects your social esteem. And it really kind of like uh, um, taps into like imposter syndrome that I don't know a lot, a lot, a lot about. But I, from what I've read and from what I've seen and da-da-da-da, I think I live it in in, in in a sense with 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 my life. Yeah. And so being able to, you know, really believe that you if you work hard, if you and we've talked about it, you work hard, you do this, you don't get in trouble, you will be rewarded. That is really the generation of our parents. That's really the generation of uh boomers, is that if you get a job, you go to school. Or no, if you go to school, you get a job, you're guaranteed that you'll be able to get a house with one full-time job and you'll stay at that one job yeah. who will then pay see, for your retirement. Yeah, sees your worth. Seriously. And all these things. And so that's why you have that mentality where our parents or grandparents or what have you, whatever the context is, one job, worked it for 50 years, and that's all they knew. No questions, no, no, no. Even though unemployment was going on back then, when you have the, the industrial revolution, <laughs> you have the oil the oil companies, you have the fossil fuels. Check out the episode. You have, oh, yeah, you have all kinds of things still happening back then, but it wasn't felt to the intensity that it is now because if you all know, in order to buy a house now, it's really not what it used to be. Mm. Even getting a car, it's really not even what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah, and you know, I have heard that now it's a little bit easier to get a house, but it's because interest rates are so fucking high that who is going to who is going to get a loan? Like maybe before it used to be competitive, right? Like where if you didn't have like cash down, like before back in our boomer parents days, you negotiate the price. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, if you didn't offer more, then you'd lose the house. Yeah. Now, nobody wants to buy houses because when you take out money, it's like 30% interest. And so we're just like, who can afford that? Yeah. Or like, and this is going to be a tangent, or like you have that exactly, or you have that you are offering more. You're not even only doing like the down payment where they would say, you know, do the 10% down payment. You'll get locked in into a fixed rate if you have good credit. And if, it's, if you're married, you're a couple, mm-hmm. you know, then it's like, you'll get it right now. It's also like doing all of that. And then also writing a letter as to why you should get that house. Yeah. And then it's also getting ready that someone's going to counter what you put down as like what you're willing to pay so and get ready to shell out even more. And so it's a lot, it's like a big dance all with it being tied to pretty high interest. So if you don't know somebody or if you, you didn't really prepare the last 10 years to really put down a hefty, hefty down payment for a house, 
or for a property, land, or anything, it's just very difficult. And it's really not what it used to be. It's changed. All these markets have changed. Just how like the employment and work market has changed quite a bit. And so I think us growing up, like no one could have really prepared us. I think even now that I think about it as I'm talking, even if my parents would say like, hey, hey, Leslie, like finding a job is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're going to have people that are going to underpay you. You're going to have to, you know, work long hours depending on the company and it's like it's going to be difficult and yada 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 I don't even think that that talk would have prepared me for what I've lived had to live have experience because it's really really all subjective in case by case and through all of that I have accumulating you do accumulate accumulate a type of like trauma you accumulate accumulate a type of like anxiety uh, a question and the imposter syndrome comes into play you like experience almost every emotion in the in the spectrum of emotions when you're not getting the calls back when you felt that you were like a perfect fit or you did all these things that you're hearing hearing and seeing on tiktok and linkedin and yet didn't even get a like no thank you mm-hmm. no thank you email um, none of that work is acknowledged and something that i sense sometimes from like the more narrow-minded folks it's like well that's the end of my day what you used to do and that's what you have to do you have to do the work and you do have to you know stay up late applying because if you want the job it's like a very very like strict mentality of like selling your soul to this capitalistic society where it's like you got the Gen Zers in the workforce now and they're not they'll tell you right they won't do it yeah so us kind of millennials learning from that just being like being told like you find one job you stick to it you never let it go no matter what to now being like oh no we can hop jobs mm-hmm. but then it comes that uncertainty but what if i don't get hired mm-hmm. especially with how much everything is changing constantly all the time you actively then are putting yourself in a situation where you'll be resentful because you didn't left you'll be resentful because you did and so all these things shape really your decisions going into the workforce or being out there looking for, for a position, depending on what specifically you're looking for, your circumstances change, a priorities change, maybe now you have a partner. So now it's like you're considering that or maybe now you want to build wealth in a different way or now, I don't know, like you want to be a single mom and, and you have to freeze your eggs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all these things that take place that will change the way that you view your next position or why you need a higher paying job or X, Y, and Z. And all through that, you know, you do build some of these like not so nice feelings because you, as I'm saying, you know, you can do everything right, quote unquote, by the book, what you read or, you know, what TikTok said. And still experience like the being told like, I'm sorry, like you're not the candidate that we're looking for or like, you know, being really close and then getting the rug pulled under your feet, um, being told that you need to present and then you need to come up for a panel interview and then you need to fly out and go talk to the CEO. And then after that, not even getting a call saying like, hey, like we actually went with someone else. So all these things and it's like it really puts you in like the worst position it puts you in the worst mood and in a position that i think is very difficult to to not really feel some type of way about for sure and you just get so excited you're like you, I got, plan, you plan your whole life after you're like i got three interviews yeah. and i am i'm on my fourth or third for this one i think i'm gonna get it and then you start fantasizing about all the things you're gonna buy where you're gonna move and don't you start thinking about like and i think we've talked about it like 
okay, so my commute is going to look different because I'm going to go to this corner. And okay, and because I'm a Virgo, you already know I'm a Virgo. I'm going to say, okay, so then I'm, the Trader Joe's is that way yeah. and the, all this is that way. So it means that on this day, I'll be able to. My brain is that math lady. You guys know. <laughs> you guys know. Don't you start doing that. All Immediately when you're so sure, like they really liked me. They said I was great. I did everything. I followed with the references. This is my third follow-up. I met the team. I toured the facility. They all said they liked me. They all said they liked me. They all said I'm amazing. Yeah. They want to fill a position ASAP and got the references. And then... Yeah. Then it's like, hey, just following up. Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah. And I don't know. My experience has been very hard because I've done so many interviews and I've just been kind of let down with every single one because they never tell me if I did good or not. They're never like, I don't think that you answered the questions the way that we wanted to. So I don't think that we're going, it's always like, I, I had a, I had a great time. You were very smart. You're very, this, you seem like, you know, your stuff. It's never like, it's like, bitches fucking tell me the truth. Like, just be like, I don't think that this is going to work. Right. Yeah. But no, instead I'm literally th- like tagged along all the way to the end where there's no even like response. Like if anything, bitch, like I'd rather have someone that I like ghost me at this point than fucking a job because they can't even have the decency to say, give you a reason. And I get yeah. it. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah. Same way when, when you break up, right? If you do technically don't have, you should, but you technically don't have to give a reason. You have to say, I'm, I'm not in love with you anymore. You know, hurt someone's <laughs> feelings, but you could say this isn't working anymore. Yeah. And let me, let me add to that dude. Cause I want to say, you shouldn't have to, right? But I think it it depends on the level of commitment, the level of involvement. Yeah. And this is exactly the same with employers. It's like if you were dating someone for two years and you just weren't feeling it, you fell in love with someone else, it would be very difficult for me for someone to tell me, sorry, we're done. Yeah. yeah. Instead of saying, I fell in love with someone else. Mm-hmm. At least owe me that. Like, yeah. you can't just... Because you know what that's going to do to someone. You know what that fucking does to someone. They will question every little thing they said. They will question, should they have said, I love you more? Should yeah. they have not thrown the trash out? Should they... You know, was it too much when they introduced you to them? You don't understand the human mind. 60,000 <laughs> thoughts per day. And that's like on a normal day. So... Did you learn that you're for trauma and for no, I learned that from a like a podcast. I thought it was a thirty thousand thoughts like a mm-hmm. day that we have. But we have apparently more. Wow! And that's like even like on a normal. Imagine a day that you're stressed. That mm-hmm. something happens, um, that completely skews your day. And so exactly with an employer, that's my totally unsolicited, unbiased opinion. Is that depending on the involvement, like if they had to go to three interviews, you were emailing back and forth for a week. And they can't even say, hey, it came down to two candidates and we went with the other one. Because of X, Y, Z. You know? And so I know that it gets political and it gets diplomatic, I think, in in, in work settings where they say that you should ask like what you could do differently. But I think that really that's how I would like the workforce workforce to change. I know some people do do it, like some companies that I've heard and I've seen that say like, hey, like you just didn't had this one thing that we were looking for and the other candidate did. Mm-hmm. Because then that that shows you, it's like, okay, so I it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was the fact that I wasn't 
speaking Mandarin. Like, yeah. bitch, I'm not going to... Yeah. Well, I don't know, bitch. Maybe uh, I will. <laughs> Maybe I will learn Mandarin. Oh, but it's yeah. like, okay, they, they speak Mandarin. Okay, give it to them. You're yeah. right. Like, that's a really difficult language to learn. And But then it's also, it's like, right, back to the the um, analogy. You're dating someone for a week, quote-unquote, on out and off. You're just not feeling it. You could if you want to give an explanation, but it's a week. I don't know. And say, like, hey, it's just not. I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Right? If you could, you'd just say, like, I'm not feeling it because actually, like, we're very different in how we think. I don't really think you need to give, like, an explanation. It could be that you're just, like, fucking around. Yeah. Same thing with a job. If they sent you an email and then you responded and then by that point they already filled the position, it's like, fine. Yeah. Or if you submit an application, you don't have to email me and say that. Like, fine. Okay. All right. All right. But if if I know you. Yeah. If I know you by name. If I know you by name and title. Yeah. And we spoke on the phone twice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Linda. Yeah. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a little hey. Hey, someone someone got ahead of you, bitch. Yeah, and I, that's why I love using the analogy of a relationship because exactly what you said about you start to think like, oh, is it me? And then that's where the imposter syndrome starts to set in where you're like, what did I do? Yeah. Then you literally sit there being like <laughs> in the dark, replaying the whole entire interview in your head and being like, that's where I fucked up. They said why are you good position for this job? And I took two seconds to kind of think about it. That's why they didn't choose me. Yeah. Or I fumbled my words. That's what it was. When in reality, it's probably not what it was. No, it wasn't. Because if you're seeing these TikToks, it's saying, take your time responding. Because that shows that you're listening. That shows that you... And then you have the other TikTok saying, respond within 0.5 seconds. You need to be ready to respond. Write down your your pre-answers already so you're not throwing a curveball and mm-hmm. stuff and it, it, it's bright on both sides someone might see someone who takes their time as someone who's thoughtful someone might see someone who takes their time as like well you don't know what you're talking about yeah you're trying to form a thing when it should just come natural if you're really an expert in this you shouldn't have to think about it or vice versa someone takes their time they don't know what they're doing someone responds quickly it's like oh they absolutely know what they're doing yeah. they know exactly get them get them get so it's it's a double edged sword. It's it it's it's really like tomato tomato with a lot of these things. But I think you can probably speak to this trauma, right? Or this just kind of like feelings that fester of like thinking like, was it really me? And the experiences that you've had in the past, right? Like you mentioned, you know, you had seen a light out of the tunnel. You were happy. The tunnel collapsed, and now you're having to think about. What was it like in the past when you were in a similar situation to now fast forward you're in another similar situation? What does that do to someone? Yeah. And for me, reflecting on my past, like I never worried about nothing. <sighs> yeah. I always knew it was going to work out. I don't know if because uh, – no, I know it's because I didn't have – I didn't have to worry about that before because I never had to – really live on my own in that way, right? Like for us, when we moved out, we went out to a college town mm-hmm. and got apartments where college people normally got them. So it was a little bit easier for us to get that. It wasn't like we moved out of our parents or we were kicked out of our parents' house or something happened to our parents and then we had to start living on our own. Like that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Everything was by choice. The place we found, the place we lived was by choice. The job we got was by choice. It wasn't ever because we needed it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you feel different, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> back in my day, I just never thought that I ever had to worry about losing a job because I always had one. I always got a new job. 
I got fired from a few. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> but I also quit a lot. And I've been able, I never was just like, if I quit this, I'm not going to have this. Like never in my life. And now all I can think about is like, how am I going to pay for where I live? How am I going to pay for gas? How am I going to pay for anything? And then, and then you get put in a desperate situation where mm-hmm. anybody who pays attention to you, you're like, fuck me. Like literally if a job says, we'll hire you right now, you're like, Oh my God, there's so many red flags, but I need money. You know what I mean? And from my situation, you know, when I talk about the the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, I got this nice little temp job. It was cute. It was nice. It was easy, all this stuff, but I wasn't passionate about it. It was lighting. Lighting is cool in an artistic sense, right? We talk about movies. We talk about art, Mm -hmm. lighting, you know, that's great. You know, we talk about museums. That's cool. But this wasn't that. This was light bulbs that you buy for people's houses. You know, this wasn't a real thing. But I just kept convincing myself. I was like, no, this you should've, is... Y'all should have heard this man. No, dude. I was, like, trying so hard to make it work because I was so desperate for money. You can't make fetch work, And when, you're, when you make more than you've made before, yeah. you get put in a position where you're like, well, I've been unemployed for, like, a year. No one's called me. I got I get this mystery job that paid me more than i was expecting when i was getting offered ten dollars and ten dollars an hour and now you just try to mold yourself into that when like what ended up happening with that job was that like i applied for an internal position that ended up not being there but everyone kept telling me no it's okay no they're gonna hire you even if this job doesn't work out they'll find a place for you and then it happened and then they're like well if you want like we'll pay you for the rest of the week and you can leave today and I was like, were you not just yesterday telling me how important of an asset I am? Weren't you the other day literally licking my asshole and saying that I've done so much for this company? And yet when push comes to shove, you're just like, sorry, that's just how it worked. Yeah. You know, and like it really just like I genuinely like not to put it back to a relationship, but I feel like you've been married and then they're just like, it's not working out. And you're like, but you told me. The whole time we were married, that you love me, that you're this, that you're committed. But then when something bad happens, you're not committed to me anymore. And they're like, and you can leave. I'm keeping the house. And you're like, what? I paid for this house. I paid my money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was my experience. Gosh. And it just, it left me with the very sour taste in my mouth. And it left me with just like, literally like a wound of just like feeling inadequate and feeling not good enough for anything. Which is so reminiscent of a relationship, isn't it? Like, the way that we're talking about this really just seems like I was fucking my, my well, job. Well, you know, some people are married to their jobs. You know, you know. I mean, it's eight hours of your day. It, it's, you're there more than you are with your lover. It's true. I mean, I know that's the case for you. <laughs> Bitch. Um, no, dude. I, I feel like your situation that you went through with your work is so unique, so particular, and so devastating because it's like... How does that not mess with your mind, right? Like, how does it not mess with your mind when you did have a company saying, like, you're this, you're this, you're this? You acknowledging that, like, okay, for now this will do, knowing that you're not passionate, but also I think there's a word for it. There's a syndrome. I don't think it's imposter syndrome, but there's a word for it where you really almost, like, just assimilate to your surroundings out of a need of scarcity. Like, a type of thing. Because you you weren't – a lot of us, a lot of us, I'm not generalizing – I speak for myself to live in a mindset of scarcity. Yeah. I'm going to sound like all these other like goop and all these other, <laughs> but, but this goes a lot deeper into just like the way that you show up and it is stemmed out of trauma because of the way that maybe you were raised, the way that you had to grow up. 
And so sometimes, right, like you're in a mindset of scarcity. So you convince yourself like this is the best that I'm going to get right now because it is the best that I've ever gotten. And I'm, I'm sure dog, darn it going to like it. Yeah. Even though, right, you didn't like it and there was these red flags. Yeah. And so, it's, but it's difficult to, to like look at those red flags when then you also have them at the same time saying like, you are doing so great, honey, doing amazing, sweetie. And yet it's just like, what? Yeah. So I think that, you know, that's what's really, really crazy about companies. And we've said it before because we did an episode about um, HR. We did an episode about exit interviews. You know, we did an episode about HR not being, you know, your friend. friend. Mm -hmm. None of these companies are your friend. So you are immediately replaceable. It doesn't matter like what skills you have. It doesn't matter that they flew you there. They will find someone else. And so even nonprofits are like that. Charities are like that. I mean, every single entity where there's money or an income that you need to earn it you know they beat the same they're the same and so something for us to always remember is like they would replace me yeah they would replace me and yes like they would be like shit out of luck because i'm a great employee and who's gonna get the 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 what is it the short end of the stick are my my ex my ex team team members who are gonna have to take on my work Mm -hmm. because the company you know Yes, they'll replace me, but they're not going to replace me tomorrow. No. And if they do, it's going to shoot them in the ass because that's always what happens. When you hire someone on the spot, that person, it's going to be too good to be true to them. And then they'll see all the red flags. And you are not going to take the time to train someone. So it's all like this vicious cycle. And so you've lived it, right? It's just like he got being hired on the spot. Yeah, was literally offered that job because there was nobody there. Like, so I had to go in and like, literally, yeah, it's just crazy because I have never, well, I guess I have, but I think it's uh, what, from my experience, the company is really to them. A person is not the important part of the business at all. Mm-hmm. I realize that I genuinely don't think that I will be like a director or manager because uh, that's me just being pessimistic because yeah. I genuinely have never met anyone in a place of power actually done anything smart look at these big companies that are doing these like layoffs and just doing all these really stupid shit or it's just like why are you doing this like you're ruining your company like twitter you're literally that's what i'm imploding on yourself but it doesn't matter that's what i was gonna say is like you know not everyone's meant to be a leader and a lot of people become leaders and they don't know how. So like the example with Twitter is like Elon firing so many people the first day. And then it turns out no one's there to push, push the button that needs to, I don't know, do an algorithm. Open the door. Because <laughs> they hired, they fired the one person who created the algorithm. Yep. So not taking the time. And you're so right. I mean, I think like managers and administrators are all part of a very complex system within the company right and so if you choose to take that position or you choose to get into the mouth of the wolf you'll slowly start to convert to those ideals it's very difficult i think unless you are self-employed you're leading a company not at the expense of your employees but really it's like we are working together they do exist i've seen them and haven't been employed at one yeah <laughs> but i haven't been blessed i haven't blessed yet but i heard they're there um i guess i have to start my own where it's like they don't blur those lines of just like, you know, at the expense of my employees, or at the expense of the company, the mission, the values of what we're really trying to get out. Um, and yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that I don't think you're the only one that hasn't had 
yet mm-hmm. a good experience with a manager, a supervisor that has literally led, mentored, and has been there for the people, by the people, and also even, like, acknowledged, like, yes, we're all here for a paycheck. Yes, I know I'm getting paid more. Yes, I know I'm giving you guys a lot of, you know, like, like extra tasks. How can I help? Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult. I've had one, one, one. To this day, to this day, to this day, and I've been working for the last 10 (laughs) decades, but I've had like one where it's like, I could easily like voice my frustrations and like, he would be like, I know. He's like, it really shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't be but like that. But it's like, what does he do to change it? Yeah. It's, but then it's like, you think about like the system, right? And it's like, well, what could he really do? Mm-hmm. Other than like advocate and say like, you're doing the right thing. Like whatever you decide to do, like I'm going to back you up. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's it gets, it gets, it gets very complex, very interesting in terms of just like who you're working with, what you're working with, what company or whatever, because... Yeah, I've never seen a manager been able to change things. No. They have a seat at the table and they have to play nice. But then it's like you have to think about sometimes, at least the way I've seen it, it's like sometimes managers just get put in those positions so that people won't riot. For sure. You know? And it's like the executives are out here saying like you need to tell them that. Yeah. You're, the manager becomes like the, the bad guy. Yeah. And that's why we tend to hate them. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm giving the example of like the manager that I had is just like I really don't agree with it. And you could tell that he was so frustrated. It's just like this shouldn't be happening. And to the point that yeah, he ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, leave. Well, leave if you can. <laughs> I mean same like I, yeah. I mean I kind of take back that I didn't have a good manager. I did have like you know a handful. But yeah, they leave. Because like either they're like I'm not going to do this. And those are the ones that leave where it's like I really like them. And it's like yeah, they're not going to out here feed me like incorrect information when it's like it shouldn't be like that Mm -hmm. and so this just goes to say that you know even if you're working you're going to be having some of these conversations either in your head or with your friends of just like this company fucking sucks or like no one wants to work anymore or like just conversations of like why am i being told to do 20 things when my i haven't received a raise in two years not even a title change why am I doing this? Like, da 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 da. Because it's really, I mean, it all comes down to capitalism. It really We're is. meant to be gatherers. We're meant to be, um, you know, I'm meant to be a gatherer. I'm meant to, I'm meant to, you know, frolic, sound mm. of music type of thing. I'm meant to make art. And so this really just goes to show that regardless of what stage I am in, in, in my life in terms of just career and job, I always think about like the past and present. And I want to take it back a little bit to you talking about how you had never thought about like, oh, I'm going to struggle finding a job because you always found one. Hold on. Before I get read to filth, um, I'm actually going to separate this into two episodes because that's what your boy be doing. Because girl, this episode goes on for an hour. And let me tell you, we really get into some of the trauma that we've experienced over this stuff. So I hope that our little ranting, raving has made anyone out there who's looking for a job feel less alone. I feel like a lot of times there's always so many success stories, but never like the story of like, um, I'm still not successful. Or you're going to hear about how me and Leslie have traded places at some point where like one of us was working, the other one isn't. And now we're like switched around, turned around. So I hope that it's pretty relatable. But anyway, we got to go because this episode's late and I got to work tomorrow.